0: It depends upon what the meaning of the word is.
1: Yeah.
0: Hi, hi. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm Ed. I'm Peter. This is Ed and Peter. And today's letter is. H. Nice. Nice build up there. Really built the tension. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I was sense. considering whether to say
0: H or not. No, don't say H. H is disgusting. Anyone who says H oh. is mistaken. Anyone who, oh, says, who m- says...
1: Who says H
0: specifically? He, terrible people. If you're a terrible person, you say H. Well,
1: so, but they're all British,
0: right? Ah, British and Australian. A lot of Australians say H. I'm really not a fan. Okay. All right. where, where'd you guys get that from? Um, f- where do all mistakes come from? I mean I what's, it- <laughs> okay, what's in the jar? <laughs> Uh, What's in the what's in the cup is a lot of H letters. I'm shaking it up now, and you tell me when to stop shaking it. Okay, stop. Hoarding. Hoarding! Did you put that one in? Hoarding. Yeah, I think you did. did. Hoarding! All right, let's talk about hoarding. Peter, would you like to define hoarding for us?
1: I think it's probably defined the best as a psychological disorder. Okay. uh, Whereby people just can't stop collecting or keeping things.
0: Yeah. To the point where it becomes detriment
1: to the detriment of their health and potentially the health of others around.
0: And also to the point where it becomes a fear. You know, like they keep a newspaper because they're like, if it happens that I need that newspaper ten years from now and I don't have it, it's gonna be terrible that I didn't keep it. You know, it becomes a real fear in their mind.
1: Yeah, I mean it sounds it sounds anxiety inducing to me. Yeah, uh, entirely unpleasant.
0: Hoarding always makes me think of the Collier Brothers. Are you familiar with the Collier Brothers? No. Collier brothers are these two American guys, I believe they were from New York, um, and they were brothers who lived in this mansion in Manhattan and just never came out. They were complete recluses, these two crazy brothers who lived together. And it got to the stage where they'd hoarded so much that parts of the house were sort of collapsing onto the street under the weight. Yes. And eventually in the 19, I want to say 1930s, might have been 1940s, might have to do a fact check on this one afterwards, eventually in the 1930s, 1940s, they sort of, you know, the city publicly said, all right, this is getting too much of a problem because this house is about to fall down from the weight, we have to go in. And then it turns out that when they went in, the brothers were already dead but they had laid a whole bunch of booby traps for whoever may invade their space so these oh, wow. these policemen and like government officials who went in to clear the place had to contend with all these like collapsing towers and tripwires and things that these two incredibly eccentric brothers had created and then they really? tore down the house.
1: What kind of hoarders were they? Were they generalists?
0: I believe they just collected everything. I believe it was right. I believe it was whatever you could collect, whatever they could find, they would they would put together. And now it's a. now it's a park, that spot, actually. I do know that I do know that for a fact. When they tore down the house, they turned it into a a public park.
1: Well, I guess that's nice.
0: Yeah. One of those uh, one of those New York houses that no one person could really afford anymore. It'd be the kind of thing that's been turned into seventeen apartments, but
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, there are specifists as well, right? I mean, there are people who have, you know, 1,800 cats or whatever.
0: Yeah. Right? Are, those,
1: are, are those also hoarders?
0: I believe those are hoarders. I definitely reckon you can hoard cats. You can hoard living things. I have heard of somebody who hoarded baby diapers. They never got rid of any of their baby diapers. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's a very weird one. I, I mean, it's a, it's a so distressing what
1: anxiety What anxiety induced? like, what, what's the fear there? It's like, if I don't have this baby poo from last January, yeah. What am I going to do with my life?
0: I don't know like, what that, is. that like, uh,
1: Okay, I, I guess it's unfair to suggest, you know, to, to suggest that there's a rational answer for this. But it's, a, it's, I don't know. Of all the things to hoard. See, we
0: have gone through collections before, because I am a collector. I collect things. I collect Disney things, and I collect uh, Divine, the drag queen Divine merchandise. You have shamed me for this. You've said that I'm a hoarder of hoarder of knickknacks. Not literally a hoarder, but you said I'm a, I'm an accumulator of knickknacks. Do you think that you yourself live more of an ascetic life? Do you think that if you were to pick up and move to a new city, you would be able to say, I can just, I can cut ties with all this and move on?
1: I think so. The only thing that I keep a lot of are books. Um, but do, would you need and to? And I don't read them, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't take them off the shelf. Yeah. I like the way that they look in my apartment. I like... The associations that I have, if I run my fingers along the spine, I think there's value to having things that you don't really use.
0: Okay, so if, um, you, if you theoretically married someone from Sri Lanka and had to move to Sri Lanka in two weeks, would you say, I'm going to organize to have those books come with me,
1: or would you just get rid of the books? I would get rid of them, or maybe put them in storage or something, but I wouldn't need to bring them with me.
0: See, storage is still hoarding to me. Storage is still hoarding. Storage is like, I'm going to come back to this thing eventually. It's still a dead weight that, you know, you're tied to somewhere.
1: Totally. Um, but a lot of people do that, right? I mean, a lot of people have like storage spaces and storage lockers. And I guess that makes sense. You know, living where we live, most apartments are pretty small. Um, so if the definition of hoarding is having so much stuff that it you know impacts the quality of your life or mm-hmm. your health or whatever, shouldn't we try to scale the quantity of our belongings to the sizes of our apartments and not have to have a storage locker? Well, see, there's
0: a problem there, because if we do away with storage lockers, we're doing with a cornerstone of the detective TV show, because in the detective TV show, at some point, they always have to find the storage locker and snap open the bolt and roll under the half rolled -rolled door to find out what they've got inside.
1: We're also doing away with storage wards, which uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've had the pleasure Stereo. of pleasure. Yeah,
0: that's the one where they um, that's the one where they give you like you know ten minutes to look inside the box, and then you have to bid and see if you want it.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which means that there's an entire industry built around people. Dealing with things that other people have hoarded. At
0: see, point. see, I have watched Storage Wars, and here's the thing that I always find crazy funny about Storage Wars is that the guys who go in once they've bought the locker, they'll go in and they'll open up a box and they'll be like, "Oh, here's a used drill from the '80s. I can get fifty bucks from that." And they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, here's a particle board table from IKEA. Oh, that's an easy hundred bucks."
1: And you're like, "Who's doing these
0: valuations?" And then at the end well, of the I thing, I don't
1: know. <laughs> But someone is. Yeah. Is it, like, there are people's, people's livelihoods depend on the fact that there are hoarders.
0: They're always so generous with the crap, though. It's always crap that belongs in landfill. And they're always like, oh, here's a here's a McDonald's cup from the 1980s. A collector will buy that for 25 bucks. They won't.
1: Do, do you know that? To me?
0: <laughs> I don't know that, but I know that you would have to wait a very long time to have that specific... It's like that whole thing about antiques, is, you know, antiques are only... Uh, as worth as much as you can get a buyer to buy them for like you yeah, can could... this,
1: this is really interesting because uh, during the pandemic valuations on all sorts of things has shifted right i mean you know there's all sorts of chatter about what's going on with short selling stocks and, and day trades and and all that jazz um but the same thing has happened in the antique market so for example people who collect baseball <clears throat> cards yeah um, and sports cards and things like that um cards that previous to the pandemic had very little value have suddenly shot through the roof because there are suddenly way more people collecting things do you think that collecting things is something that people do when they're feeling a little low
0: yeah maybe like retail therapy like i need to get something from my childhood to remind me of what that felt like
1: yeah so maybe they're you know now we've we're assigning emotional value to these objects.
0: Yeah, so because there <laughs> and, was a worldwide pandemic, cards. somebody made a fortune off Pokemon cards.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's <laughs> actually happening now.
0: Okay, well that that leads to another question, is the, uh, the the question of hoarding money. So, you know, obviously there are people in the world who hoard unnecessarily large amounts of money. Do you think- that and I hate that. I hate that too, obviously we hate that. And you, I mean, you constantly look at the world and you're like, if we could take the money from five guys we could feed everyone anyway let's not get into yeah. that for the moment but no, do you think yet. that there's a psychological element to that as well do you think that that person even though they have more money than they could ever spend in their lifetime even though they have more money than they could ever spend in 55 lifetimes do you think that they're still saying to themselves well i can't give it away because i might end up needing it later
1: i I think so. I think it's probably the same thing as the person who keeps the the diapers, right? You don't need the diaper for anything, and you certainly don't need that, you know, extra however many million dollars that's just burning a hole in your All offshore bank account or whatever. Uh, but I guess you're sick, and clearly if you have that much money, you're mentally ill. Yeah. like you, you, There's something wrong with you to be that greedy or to be that biggest psychopath or sociopath that you get that far ahead of the rest of the planet. Um, so you're, you're mentally ill, yeah. mean, obviously, if you're that wealthy.
0: Well being, being a billionaire is a moral failing, there's no question about that. If you're a billionaire, that's a moral failing. No one should be a billionaire while other people are going through what they're going through. But whether that's a moral failing or a psychological issue is questionable. And obviously well, neither of us are, are experts on this enough to, to properly analyze this yeah, so but,
1: You know, but I also have, I have friends who would argue uh against what we're suggesting right i've got you know sort of libertarian friends and and whatever who would suggest that what we're doing is griping and that we're jealous of the fact that that person has that much wealth how do you respond to that that
0: i'm jealous that that person has that much wealth
1: yeah that's, i think that's that if really i was... the, they would argue that that's the basis of our complaint
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, obviously life would be much easier if I could be a billionaire, but then at the same time, I think that I've lived without being a billionaire for long enough, that I wouldn't... It's like, you know, those people who get famous really young, and then they're like, oh, I almost wish that I'd gotten famous a little bit later, just so I could have learned how to have a more realistic life. I don't know. I think that having lived, and lived adequately, without having seven, eight, nine, ten figures in my bank account, I think that even if I got a hundred billion dollars, I would have the presence of mind to say, well I don't need this. I know for a fact that I don't need this. Even if I went to a billion dollars and I gave away 99, I would still be fantastically wealthy and fine. I think I could say that.
1: Right. So I guess that still makes it an open question as to whether being that wealthy is a moral failing or a mental illness.
0: Yeah. On (laughs) On par with the person who lets their second story collapse under the weight of garbage.
1: Yeah, or their collection of used diapers.
0: Or their collection of used diapers. It's funny that you funny that you don't parcel used diapers in with garbage. It's funny that you think of that as a secondary issue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just not. It, it's not part of the garbage that I have ever created or been party to the creation of. So I don't. What, what, do, what do you mean, true. bean party,
0: party? What do you mean, bean party to the creation of? Okay. You, you, you were a baby. I, you didn't just I've appear at to, 19. Okay,
1: sure. I've never had children, so I've never had to take out children's diapers as part of my trash.
0: Yeah, but you have been the one producing the trash.
1: Yeah, I, I forgot about that part.
0: <laughs> yeah, you forgot about your infancy.
1: Yeah, weird, right?
0: Although, to be fair, if there was somebody I knew, if there was somebody in my life who I found out had never been a child but just sort of appeared, at a certain adult age, it wouldn't be surprising if it was you.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's really nice. That's, that's, that's the, the truth. That's life. the candid truth. Um, so, listen, I, before before I forget, yeah, uh, I wanted to mention that I aired during our last episode. Uh, it was not, in fact, uh, Peter O'Toole, whose oh, epitaph yeah? I wanted to steal. It was Peter Ustinov. Peter
0: okay. I'm both both right. sort of, like, academic British actors from the same period. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I also thought this was an important time to remind our listeners that uh we are not journalists. No. And uh we don't fact check anything ever. No. Um,
0: and we also and have so no prep. Really...
1: Yeah, so it's really important that uh you understand that everything we're saying to you could be a lie. Yes. And that's that's we try the... not to. We try not to, because that would be a moral feeling. But, uh...
0: That's the beauty of the cup. To those who wonder about the cup, the cup is there so that we cannot uh think of things in advance to say. And so that it's, it's randomized. So that when the cup comes out, we have no preparation of, of the topic. That's the magic of the cup. We are neither but prepared if nor qualified.
1: But if we, do, uh, if we do make an error and you would like to point it out, uh, just uh, head to our website. There's a button on the right-hand side of the screen where you can leave us a voicemail yeah. and uh, we uh, will listen.
0: Have we had a and voicemail we'll yet?
1: No, we haven't. No? That's no. a
0: shame. I mean, this this comes down to I know the last time we were doing this, we were talking about you and newspapers. I think that this might be another one of your newspaper your newspaper things. Yeah, you're like you're, no
1: one knows how to do. You're that really anymore.
0: clinging on to something from 1985.
1: Right. It's not like I've asked people to send us a telegraph, you know.
0: Can you send a telegraph anymore? Is there is there an active telegraph act office?
1: I have no idea. Let's uh, let's uh, let's find out.
0: A telegram, a telegraph, whatever the difference is.
1: I don't know, do we still do that?
0: Between now and the next show, we need to actively try and send a telegram. And those of you out there, if you live in a country where you can still send a telegram, please do so and let us know.
1: <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All
0: right, do you want to put a plug in for the merch? Uh,
1: yeah, you, you, uh, you should buy merch because it helps us uh, defray the cost of hosting this uh, delightful podcast. And we are really happy that you're listening. Uh, and we'd like to be able to share it with more people. So if you're wearing one of our beautiful sweatshirts or holding one of our delightful coffee mugs, then your friend adjacent to you, or at least six feet of distance from you might say, hey, who are Ed and Peter? And then you'll have an opportunity to say, well.
0: Well, and if you live in Parkdale, uh, Toronto, which is where Peter and I host from, and where I know a lot of our listeners are coming from, if we happen to see you in Parkdale wearing an Ed and Peter shirt, you might even be lucky enough that I would acknowledge you as a person and say hello to you. Might not happen, Gosh. but take the chance.
1: And Ed doesn't even do that for me.
0: <laughs> Alright, there you go. That was the letter H. H. No, gross. I don't like that. <laughs> Alright, I'm Ed. I'm Peter. And Thanks for else? listening. There you go. Thanks for listening.